Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to another episode of From N to I, the podcast which gives you short blasts from SSC Napoli's past. There we go. I'm really proud of that. It only took me three and a half years of studying Shakespeare and Elizabethan poetry to come up with something with perfect scansion. Anyway, I'm Henry Bell and I'm joined today as ever by the woman who literally wrote the book on Napoli, Kirsten Schluitz. Kirsten, how the devil are you? Well, I am just perfect. However, my cat, Ziggy de Callejon, is not too pleased because I had to move her off of the snuggles in order to record <sighs> this podcast. So it better be worth it. And I think it's going to be worth it because it's on my favorite topic, which is the um well it's oh, what you're keeping most, us in suspense then. i know <laughs> it's what topic. Most of dot, social dot. media hates which is where sport and politics come together get that shit in my veins i mean like one of my exactly. favorite books written about football is the ball is round and the age of football david goldblatt stuff i was very lucky to interview him once please do read it or what else have we got uh, football against the enemy, Simon Cooper. There's a great tradition of um, uh, excellent writing about football and politics. And perhaps even your book, uh, Kirsten, on Napoli might skirt some of these issues. Or is it more of a on the nose, this is what happened on the pitch kind of a book? Oh, we can't take away my personality from the book that I wrote. It definitely starts with a whole history of the city of Naples, which has to involve politics and then it will delve into many of the political issues that Naples and the peninsula of Italy faced at the time but when we're speaking of books I actually wanted to start this podcast off with a quote from John Foote who depending on where you're from wrote either Calcio a history of Italian football which is kind of boring as a title or mm-hmm. as I have it in print copy, a, um, <clears throat> winning at all costs, a scandalous history of Italian football. I love that. That's just like the difference between our two English-speaking nations in a nutshell. Kirsten, that's and wonderful. plus you got to get the Americans with a more gripping title, I think. So what he writes, which is, I think, extremely relevant to what we're going to be talking about is most serious Italian fans are well aware of the date of foundation of their club, its record, its founders, and its historic players, managers, and even the various stadiums where the club has played. All these historic features are a strong part of a civic religion, adherence to which is a crucial aspect of fan identity. Founding myths, legends and stories perpetuate this self-styled football history as tales are handed down from generation to generation now we have that but what we're going to dive into today is the fact that napoli's birthday which they celebrated this year on august 1st is not actually their birthday what that's right but it was a perfectly timed, what? So yeah, Napoli, you're telling me, Kirsten, is like the queen of England uh, in many ways, but in this way, that they got more than one birthday. 
I didn't know this. My knowledge of like early Napoli history is pretty rubbish. Like I know that it was, I think it was like English sailors and cricket clubs and stuff like that, but I'm sure you had to dig in. So, so today we're going to be talking about these two birthdays, right, Kirsten? Well, we're mostly going to be talking about, well, I, yeah, I guess we're going to be talking about both birthdays. We'll get all the way to August 1st, 1926, which is the one that for some reason the club celebrates now you say that you know a little bit about in general football history on the peninsula what would you say in terms of the original history of calcio in italy what springs to mind english sailors um teaching football to people in port towns like genova and sports clubs being set up that aren't just football clubs. So I think Genoa, their original title is Genoa Football and Cricket Club is something like that, isn't it? Am I right? That's absolutely perfect. And I just want to know everyone to know that for once, there was no coaching involved on either side. That was a completely (laughs) random question. (laughs) I know they're not going to believe it, but it's true. Um, What I wanted to start out with is the fact that Napoli is football history started from the fact that at that time it was a port town you won't see much of the port if you're in the normal city proper these days but like Genoa which is pretty much the most famous infamous footballing town in the early years of um, the sport on the peninsula it not Naples had the same sort of thing But at the same time, in the same way that the history of the city was distinct from the rest of the country. And keep in mind that we're talking about, let's say, 50 years from when the actual country was established. And you Mm -hmm. think about the fact that Naples still doesn't feel like it's part of the rest of the country. It still feels alienated. Back then, it was even more so. So... Even though, like the others, it was a port city, like Genoa, it followed kind of the same lines. It was Napoli, cricket, and football. No, not Naples, of course, because you've got to be English. Naples Football and Cricket Club, like Genoa. Same sort of naming. They did do things a bit differently, just like, in general, the whole city kind of did mm. at the time um is now, this when you you asked me to talk about cricket for half an hour okay so, no, I, I, I can don't. i can do that it was it was the only sport i was good at at school which i think says more about cricket than it does about me how about we wait a few hours and then you tell me that to put me to sleep later oh, it's cool it's cool so if you're thinking about football what sort of i guess income bracket or economic status would you say that the people who are and at this time clearly it was boys slash men who are playing it what what springs okay. to mind so if we're in a poor town i mean like back in england it started in private schools and posh people and then the working classes took over which thank god but i'd say at this point yeah, we're talking about like sailors and people like that. So like not like super wealthy people, not like yacht owners, more the people who work on the yachts, maybe. Mm, 
No, we're still talking about the very privileged people back in. Oh, like posh like... English people who went to yes. private schools and they had like five different surnames. Huntington, Smythe, Boo. The like double-barreled, double-barreled surnames. We won't, Classic. We won't go into those. You can read my book if you need the actual names. But yes, we're talking back in 1898 and when um, the first game in Naples was actually involving a sailing team and boat racers and they were under the name Circolo Italia at the time okay and it was definitely the rich people because when you think about it think about anybody who knows Naples history at the time they're not getting any money from the overarching state they are um kind of lower down on the economic ladder they're dealing with cholera everything like that basically it's only the higher ups who can afford to play football and for the most part that's foreigners mm. so what we have here is the naples football and cricket club like i said and that's actually where napoli ssc napoli extends their roots back I've just to... just to interrupt all I've got in my head is so you've got like posh English sailors with very long yes. names this sounds like a Gilbert and Sullivan musical this doesn't sound like the formation of like the club that where Diego Maradona uh, <laughs> did his thing Perhaps... I'm not when we're this was 1904 when uh NFCC one might call it formed was that when Gilbert and Sullivan were making their rounds on my ask. But and those of you who don't know, Gilbert and Sullivan's a kind of sort of light opera. So it was kind of like popular um musical theatre back way back in the day. Pirates of Penzance. The yeah, I was gonna say just, uh, just so watch you... the West Wing for those <laughs> colonialists yeah, out there. Uh, that's good advice if anyone just watched the West Wing. I think um you could do an amazing production of the Pirates of Penzance set in Naples with the formation of the club. There you go. Somebody give me lots of money to do that in Naples, please. Anyway, shut up, Henry. Tell us more. So we're, we're sort of, so, it's it's cricket, it's posh English people, it's early 20th century. Posh British sailors, to be clear. Hmm. But here, will this fit in with your Gilbert and Sullivan? They beat Arabic 3-2 in their first game. Who's sorry? Say that again, Kirsten. I didn't hear that. Arabic. Does that fit with your Gilbert and Sullivan pretensions? I don't know. Tell I me don't more. know either. I'm not very good at the whole um, musical scene unless it, we're talking about like Buffy musicals. But, That's a different um, podcast, but one I really want to make. <laughs> next time, Henry. Next time. Okay. Um, so they beat Arabic 3-2, like I said. But what was most surprising... And as we already discussed, is Genoa was kind of the big club in Italy at that time. And Arabic had just beat Genoa 3-0 at that time. So it's basically saying, if you're on Twitter in the early 20th century, you're saying, we're better than Genoa, we're better than Genoa. And yes, we're saying Genoa, not Genova. That will become yes. clear later. Hashtag young and fun. Okay. 
So when when's this first? Is this birthday the same or different birthday? You're jumping ahead. Sorry, I'll shut up. <laughs> so we've got to stop. We're we're in 1904 now in that general area in that decade of like say the okay like 15 years between 1898 when the first British shoulder soldiers had a kickabout in Naples. We sail the ocean blue. Da, da, yes, da, 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 beautiful. Da, da, da. Sorry, wrong. You're Better still not talking in your Mank accent, but maybe not we'll yet. get to that soon. Um, yeah. So, like 15 years, we're thinking about what is now Syria was organized into regional groupings. So, Genoa is not playing Napoli or Naples football and cricket club at, as it was called at that time um, because of racism, more or less. The, the league says, oh, it was open and inclusive from that time if you research the history, but no, it wasn't. Um, it was only open to Northern clubs and it wasn't till the 1912-1913 season in which um, they let in a Campania section. And at that time... Oh my God, did they use that word? Probably because we're going with English. Yeah, yeah. English, English. Not... So they wouldn't let teams in from the South, basically, into the, into the, into the league. At that back time, the no, because remember proper British people and were before the war and all that stuff. So okay. what happens? We're given this section. And so obviously international Napoli forms to be, you know, kind of a competitor to Naples football and cricket club. And then so we're in the First World War, and they're both playing. Obviously, the league stops a little, and as my book goes into, there's a debate about who wins the overall league title during that time because it had to be stopped during the war. But no interruptions. I see your face. Y'all no, just, uh, just <laughs> Naples being a two-club town is like the weirdest thought in the I know. World, it's amazing. They carry it's on get to it it's it's not just a two club town if you believe many of the reports so we're coming up on this so we're in naples it's what what year did world war one end professor 1919 1918 one of those two 1918 i'm almost positive so yeah, how, how would you imagine naples at that time like a lot of European cities sort of struggling to recover from the fact that most of the young male population has been killed by a war that didn't need to be fought by a bunch of aristocrats. Yes, exactly. So we have that. We have the deaths from the war, the lack of the ability to increase the population because of that. But we also have the continuance of sicknesses like cholera. And then we have the factories because in Naples at that time, so many of the factories were dedicated to helping out with the war effort. They're closing. Munitions. Yeah. And shipping. Yeah. Those are all closing. And so people are out of work. 
and the rest of the country, because even back then, a hundred years ago, they were saying, uh, the South isn't contributing to the rest of the country. They're mm. not going to give them any aid they might have given or any benefits they might have had from building up after the First World War. So what happens? Inter International Napoli and Naval's Football and Cricket Club come together and they form Internopoly, right? Okay. Just say just say that once more because you slightly cut out there. So they formed oh, what sorry. was the club? They formed Internopoly. Which Internopoly, cool. I don't know if you'll find in many histories because um, it actually has like, like if you were to create a family tree, it has its own descendants sort of thing. Right. But yeah, yeah. for this purpose, they came together. But at this same time, who is it that comes to power? Oh, dear. Uh, Mussolini. Exactly. Exactly. The at fascists. the same time that Naples is desperate and their footballing history is also desperate, it's Mussolini that's like, hello, I'm here. I'm going to fix the country, including the South. So here is where we come to the fact that when we celebrate Napoli, their birth, we're actually celebrating fascism. Because What the hell? What the hell? Yeah. Tell, come on, tell me. what. So Okay. So even in my book, which obviously can go into more depth than this i could not find the actual formation of the first naples football and cricket club the actual date but it's not august 1st 1926 and even the formation of ssc napoli is not august 1st 1926 but okay how we get there is the fact that Mussolini comes to power and like fascists, Nazis, autocrats, everyone like that, he thinks, okay, sport is going to be my way to show dominance in the public sphere. And at that time, Italy was very into individualistic sports like cycling. Yep. and athletics, gymnastics, that sort of thing. And Mussolini steps in and he's like, Calcio, we're going to call this sport Calcio. We're going to um, align it with the Calcio Fiorentina, but that's not the right word. I'm sorry. I was so exuberant about all of this. I can't remember, but it's Calcio Historica. Yeah, Calcio Historica the sport that was founded in Florence at the time. Yeah. There's no actual connection, but he wanted to make it seem like the sport was present before the British set foot on classics of nationalist yeah. sort, of, sort of fascist sorts of things yes. to say it's ours, it's in our blood, it's actually Italian, even Your, though the whole concept of Italy is entirely founded on immigration and people coming in, but that's for a different podcast. But yeah, yes. exactly, another podcast, but you've got it exactly correct he wanted to make it seem like 
this was something that was in the Italian blood. So, oh my God, much more than that, in terms of in order to overcome this love for individualistic sports, he obviously had to make calcio, which he named it, into a sport that Italians, even though that people on the peninsula still weren't into calling themselves Italians, had to make it into something that they loved, they celebrated, and even more so, that they were good at. Mm. So, 1926, that's the birthday that Napoli celebrates, right? Yep, August the 1st. Exactly. It's on our crest, everything, which, by the way, our crest is the most boring in football, which just... Easy to escape there. copyright laws. But anyway, that's not a podcast. <laughs> can't copyright so, a letter. Probably not. I actually have advanced um, intellectual property law degrees. So, again, that's the third part. That's another podcast. We could. We've got so many podcasts. Anyway. I know, I know, I know. So, 1926, Mussolini and his government, they take control of Calcio. And they already have it so that it's like, oh, yeah, we're part of Italian history by tying it back to Florence and its language, which we've created uh, another podcast, you know, how. Italian came to being but so they say that the big cities have clubs that are underperforming and do you think you can name the three cities who in 1926 the clubs were underperforming obviously no one I'm going to say Naples Florence and Milano Mm. Two out of three. So, I suppose Milan were doing quite well. I don't know. Uh, Turin would be the, or Torino would be the, the other one. So we've got Naples, clearly, because this is a Napoli focused podcast. Yeah. We have Florence and, and Rome. Rome. Rome, yes. yes. It's Latio. Sorry, I'm not competitive when it comes to quizzes at all. But Interestingly enough, Latio, who we most of us despise are the ones that don't go for this idea. It's Roma that join in. And they, the uh, Mussolini government who is in charge of the footballing world says, you have to combine your clubs and put out a decent product so that we can show the world that we are good at sports, specifically football. And so Florence, easy enough, it combines. Rome, as I said, Lazio does not uh, join in, but Roma takes on other smaller clubs. And here's where it gets interesting for Naples. We celebrate that August 1st birthday, but if you look back in the actual archives of print journalism, on August 25th, I'm not saying this is a birthday because we don't know the actual birthday, but August 25th was a meeting in which a bunch of very important people sat down, sat down and said, 
we are going to change the name from Internopoly had become Internaples because, you know, it was better to be English. So from Internaples to Napoli, which is more Italian. And that is actually documented. I think it was in Mezzogiorno. Mm. But other sources also say that the club absorbed other small clubs from the Naples area. Not like the wider region, but the actual city. And so that's, like, why, that's why we're saying, okay, Naples is a one-club town, just like Fiorentina is a one-club town. Rome would probably be a one-club town, too, if Lazio hadn't protested. So, so Roma, Fiorentina, and Napoli all have the same birthday. Is that right? I didn't know that. Exactly. 1926. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. And, and Mussolini, the, 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 the government funded this in some way, did they? It was like... I'm it. not sure if it was funded so or much. we'll let you into the was, league sort of thing. We won't like hang you from lampposts. Lampposts okay. sort of thing. Yeah. So if you read back into like official club history and you won't find mention of this because obviously who wants to talk about their fascist mm. roots and their like basically bowing down to fascist pressure, but there's plenty of outside sources who say like, um, Naples had this meeting, which like I said, I've read in actual scanned newspaper articles and then others who said, um, Napoli absorbed the smaller clubs at the time, leaving them into this one club city. So can I ask you a question? Obviously. Kirsten, what birthday do you think we should celebrate? That moment when we first had the Gilbert and Sullivan English sailors turn up and kick well, the ball about for that first game that we won, the 3-2 or whatever it was against the team. That's the problem that because SSC Napoli, the official club right now, would not answer any of my inquiries as to so you're founded by fascists yes. <laughs> you reply to my email please they want to stick that to stick to that line apparently because they won't tell me when the first club that they're tracing back their history to and if you go even to the easy source of wikipedia they will trace back their history to the naples football and cricket club and take their um wins and things their participation in the So when was that first game? So, so everyone listening, if you know the first game of the Naples, what was it called again? Uh, football and Arabic. Cricket Club. Naples Football and Cricket Club met Arabic in their first game. And I okay. did not say the year, so please. We will find some kind of prize to award you if you can come up with the year that those two met. And that, I personally would feel more comfortable celebrating that birthday than the 1st of August, if I'm brutally honest with you. And but um, I think I many people would. I will give you an incredible prize if you can actually tell me when the actual day that first game is. Because like I said, I spent over two years writing this book and no one could tell me what the day was that that game 
occur. Oh, I feel like we're doing like a true crime podcast now. Exactly. We need some kind of like marimbas in the background and you can, where you can say, so here's the thing. Huh. So here's and then we the can, thing. Fuck yeah. everyone. <laughs> As a tribute to my favorite murder. So, Love it. so Mussolini did things that we still celebrate today. So he built those new stadiums, which are in the brutalist style, style that we can all yeah. identify with um including the Frankie. Um, Italy won two world cups under, under <clears throat> Mussolini yes but we're not going that far calm down no we're not sorry sorry kind of worms um he united the league so there wasn't the divisions there was no longer the whole um somebody has to beat so-and-so and then go on to beat Genoa in order to beat the whole league. They just have to yeah. be like Serie A these days and finish the very top. But they also had to change their names. So I think you've picked a couple of the names that had to change. But can you name the three biggest names? Two of them, well, you've said. Fiorentina and... no. Oh, well, in, in Naples? No, no. Oh, of just the, in the whole of, of Italy. the top league of Italy, what names had to change from English to Italian in order to fit Mussolini's fascist dictates that... Rome. No, they That's were a... always Roma. Always Roma. Well, Genoa have stayed English, but did they have Genova. to change it? They, they were Genoa, yeah. So another city like that would be... So tell, yeah, tell me. I'm gonna stop guessing because I'm I'm ruining so we've your got flow. Genova and obviously Milano. But and then they changed back after Mussolini, presumably. Yes, those two changed back. But here is the thing: Inter Milan, as it was in English, obviously couldn't become Milano because there was one of theirs. Yeah. So they became Ambrosiana. Yes. I, yeah, I remember that bit of yeah. John Foote's book. Yes. So if you <sighs> see that name in old Italian records, it's Inter at the time. So on to the very end of this little spiel is the first season, 1926-1927. Yeah. I'm going to give you a few guesses here. How many points did Napoli Oh well, Napoli. this is famous. Like it was a terrible season, wasn't it? Like we got like two yes. points or something. Was it mm-hmm. two? Even lower. More. One. No. Well, we got one point one. in yes. a draw against Brescia. How many well, goals did we score? Maybe one. <laughs> no, more than one. No, Salustro was better than that. Oh, of course he had a Tidio Salustro. Allora, I'd say nineteen goals. No, we only scored seven. With a negative 54 goal difference. So, in other words, Napoli fans, right now we're flying high. But already we have six points at the time of this recording. There's no way we could be as bad as that that first season in the United Italian League. 1926-27 season. Yes. 
And what nickname came out of that? Well, I know this. The donkeys. The donkeys. I cuchirelli. Cuchirelli. Very good. Yes. Of course. And it was yes. was it the badge for a bit? Okay, so what happened was at the time we had a badge that had a, featured a horse, but we performed so badly that a fan watching, well, not watching because back in the day, but a fan said, looked at the badge and was like, that does not look like a horse. That looks like this guy who comes to the bar every day weekend with his donkey his donkey has a crooked back his donkey is clearly weak that's what we should be calling our team but because of napoli naples being naples neapolitans being stubborn and you know almost donkey like they kind of embrace that nickname and they were like we're gonna run with it we're going to be the donkeys and from then they made a better badge with an actual donkey on it unfortunately we still don't we don't still have that badge but um they- my favorite napoli shirt has a donkey on it. it's the season rude crawls last season in the 80s it's beautiful the away strip I think it was 82, 83, and it's got a do- the crest is a donkey, and it's and cheerleader. I, oh, it's beautiful. I, I think it's using the older crest, which I actually plan to get tattooed on me if oh, I that's win a great the, idea. If I win the bet between myself and my Roma friend, whoever at the end of the season comes out higher on the table gets the tattoo. That's going to be the one. I think that's great. But I also think we should have that instead of the end. I love, oh. absolutely love the donkey crest. Those of you listening, do look it up through the ages. I think it's great. Please it's do. And it's super Please Neapolitan, do. like reclaiming that idea of like slightly taking the piss out of yourself, but also kind of saying, fuck you to the rest of the world. Pardon and my French. Thank you. No, the fuck you is what I want to end on, which is a saying it's time to move away from celebrating that August 1st, 1926. Um, birthday we can move on to celebrating the 25th which is still a little iffy because it's fascist but um, hopefully if it's less symbolically connected to yes um, because for all of our sporting lives we've gone against the grain we've gone against what's expected we've embraced the I guess, uh, not just extraordinary, but the absurd. So why are we sticking with this fascist plan when we're ignoring the this history, which if you look it up or read my book, eventually when it comes out, we won the Lipton Cup like three times before we became SSC in Napoli in 1926. We like I said, we beat Arabic, mm. who had beat Genoa. So we, there's actually loads of different dates. We that we actually succeeded, but we decided to go with this 1926 date in which we were absolute crap. And Don- literal donkeys. Literal donkeys. But the most important oh. thing is that we existed before then and we want to celebrate 
what is a unique history that doesn't involve Mussolini meddling. In and a- let's get Gilbert and Sullivan playing in the stadium as part of the pre-game routine. Wait, they're not alive anymore, though, are they? No, but the music, you know, they play oh, okay. all sorts music. of like right. 90, 90s fine. dance tracks. So why yeah. can't we have, you know, we sail the ocean? Anyway, I think <laughs> this signals the fact that we should probably stop talking now. But Kirsten, that was absolutely we start amazing. Singing. But I, honestly, thank you so much for that. That was amazing. And, uh, you know, can't wait to, to read the book. But also I think it's really important, like history that we should be aware of. And so I think we should not just release this podcast but I think we should continue to bang this drum particularly when we get around to August every year and if anyone can find the date of that first game that would be amazing if we could actually form a kind of alternative celebration of the club so thank you for your expertise and knowledge Kirsten that's what I'm here for absolutely Allora, so you can find uh, Kirsten at Katie Schluitz on um twitter go to far from vesuvius at far from vesuvius on twitter you can see all of our handles uh other podcasts on the network are the napoli rants and in the shadow of vesuvio and uh, please investigate those they're all on the same feed and uh thank you so much for listening please spread the word about this podcast we're new and i think we're offering something quite important for people who are coming to this club at different points in their lives and it's a different way of finding things out and i have learned a lot today so that's great cheers and thanks for listening and forza napoli Sempre.